aboard the Freedom Express. This is your conductor, Josh. I've been in the nation's capital for the past week, and let me tell you what, I've had to take about 14 showers to try to get all the filth off of me. I've been looking around, and, and I'll tell you what, it's anything but the land of the free. Fences everywhere, do not enter, signs decorating the people's house, and good old Uncle Joe tucked away from the public eye. Definitely the land of the free. Make sure you send in a question to at Freedom Express Podcast on Instagram, or you can email me at Freedom Express Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. Send in those questions. Well, all of the government buildings in D.C. are closed, or basically all the ones that I have seen so far. So I I was walking past one. I I believe it was um, the House, uh, the offices for the House of Representatives, or one of the buildings for that. And every single a government building you walk dc and they have uh fences and then they have uh, armed guards posted outside so i walk i walk next and this one isn't fenced up so i'm like oh maybe it's open it looks like it's open so i, I asked the the guard i'm like hey is this building open you know you know can i come inside he looks at me and he's like only if you're staff or a representative and i'm like oh well I think about it a second, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's not me. He looks at me, and he kind of cocks his head a little bit, and he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so uh, apparently I didn't uh, I didn't pe- pass the sniff test there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't look enough like a representative. I wonder why. Maybe maybe something to do with my age? Um, I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, well, um, Mr. Ronnie, uh, while we were in D.C., thought about trying to get us into a press briefing, you know, so the Freedom Express podcast could ask some of those hard-hitting questions. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think they would allow Freedom Express podcast in there. So um, we didn't we didn't get a fair shot. We didn't get our chance in that press briefing room. And, you know, it was kind of sad. It's a missed opportunity for um, Jen Psaki, the, um, the White House press secretary. She could have had some some interesting dialogue with me, but she missed out. That's her loss. Well, we have a jam-packed episode coming up. This is going to be really interesting. I, I hope you stick around to hear all of this. All right, so in all, I visited a lot of national parks and a lot of historic sites uh, throughout my travels in the past week. But one thing I noticed is that the history that they're teaching doesn't line up exactly with the history that is actually history. They're changing it. They are are altering it. They're putting a little bit of a spin on it. And especially when it comes to the founding fathers and their positions on slavery. This is really interesting. Stick around to hear more. So as the Freedom Express traversed the countryside um, in the proximity of, of our nation's capital, we were able to visit a bunch of different historical places. It was really neat. I got to uh, go to the National Mall where, you know, you have the monuments where you have like the Washington Monument, which was so tall and so awesome. You have the Lincoln Memorial and then the all too famous fences uh, surrounding the Capitol. Uh, those were maybe my favorite part was was those fences because I definitely went to D.C. Um, to be able to not go to the Capitol, um, to just kind of stare through it uh, through the slats in the fence there. That was um, definitely, definitely worth it. Thank you, President Biden, for allowing me to see the White House up close and personal. 
And I also went to places like Gettysburg. It was really neat to remember after the Battle of Gettysburg, President Lincoln uh, went and gave his Gettysburg address to commemorate uh, the the fallen there to dedicate uh, this new cemetery that was uh, that was be- um, being uh, planted there. Um, and it was really neat because I got to uh, stand where Lincoln gave his Gettysburg address, and I got to I, I I said the Gettysburg address, and yeah, that basically made me Lincoln in my mind. I was like, whoa, I'm about the the same level as Lincoln here, just a, a couple hundred years years apart, right? That's the only difference, right? Also went to Philadelphia, um, to see Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell, and the President's House, and it was really cool. I remember, um, this was. Before uh, Washington D.C. the cap was the capital, uh, this was when Philadelphia was the capital before the 1800s. So this was the site of where George Washington and John Adams lived as president. Because it's one thing to be able to read about things in the books, right, or to hear about it on a podcast, but when you're actually there and you're able to see it, it kind of provides a different dimension. There's another thing that adds a different dimension is when people lie to you about history. Let me explain. So throughout all of the travels throughout the D.C. area, I noticed just through all the national parks, they kept hammering and hammering this issue of how America was intricately linked to slavery. How the founding fathers basically were inseparable from slavery. How the founding of America was inseparable from slavery. How America in general was inseparable from slavery. And basically they ended each sentence, every sentence that they spoke, the rhetoric, and all the um, the little signs, the plaques on the walls, the, the text on the walls. Every sentence was almost ended with something about slavery. Even things that that didn't even seem to relate to slavery. They they brought it in, which I was I was kind of perplexed. I'm like, why why are they doing this? And I think it's important to establish that slavery was wrong. It was terrible, inhuman, all a lot of adjectives that we can think of, I know you can think of to describe slavery, and I'm glad it's gone. It's uh, thank you God that it's gone. But the thing is they couldn't get past slavery, or they didn't seem to want to get past slavery. And I, I, I thought about this. I'm like, why is this? Especially as it relates to the founding fathers. They, they, really, uh, they really like to belittle them and think that they like to say how bad they were and how hypocritical they were and on and on and on. And they didn't talk about a lot of the good traits. They just harped on the slavery issue. Now, slavery was wrong, but that doesn't mean that all the founding fathers then, subsequently, were inherently evil. And that's what uh, these, uh, these parks were saying, was that the founding fathers, because they lived sometimes at, even at the same time that slavery existed, they were then inherently evil, racist, white supremacists. Now, and so by saying this, they're subversively changing history. And why are they why are they harping on this? Why are they uh, why why are they making this the main issue of every single place? Well, when they say that the founders are inseparable from slavery, then then in, innately, because that's why we we hate slavery, then innately we we tried we start to automatically hate whatever was associated with slavery. So if they can intricately link the founders to slavery, 
then we start to hate the founders, and that's their goal here. And once you start to hate the founders, then you start to hate the founding of America. And once you hate the founding, you start to hate America in general. And this is this is a long process. This isn't supposed to be immediate, but they're they're um, influence it not just through the parks, but through media, through shows, through kids shows. That this they're trying to start young, so that those who know what happened will die off, and all that will be left will be these people who have been brainwashed. But once you hate America, then you start to say, hey, if America was so irredeemably racist. If America at its base was linked to slavery and it can't be separated from that, then I don't want any part of America. And that's the, the, the thought process that they're trying to send you on when you read this. I don't want any part of America. So I'm okay if the American system of government is changed. And that's their end goal. Because a lot of people, a lot of liberals have gotten in here and started changing things. And once, once you're okay with being changed, then you're like, oh, what do you change it to? And they're like, oh, I have this great idea of socialism. And that's what their real, that's what their big game is here. Because they don't do anything without a perp. There is a big master plan here. And it, and it involves basically changing history to fit the narrative. Oh, the people in the past were evil. So let's do something new that's going to be not evil. I think it's essential to take a pause right here and to see American slavery in the context of history. Now, people have been enslaving other people for thousands of years. American slavery was not the first time that people in power oppressed those who were not in power. Um, this has been happening all throughout history. It's, it was almost a part of the, basically, of the human condition, almost. And, uh... American slavery as, as we know it, enslaving Africans, was not even the first type of slavery on the American continent. You go, you go back to the, the Aztecs and the indigenous peoples. They, they took, in, uh, in wars and conquest, they would take uh, each other and tribes as slaves. So this is not a new concept at the time of the founding. So it's important to know the founding was not the beginning of slavery. I think it's better stated to see it as the gateway to the end of slavery. And a lot of these national parks neglected to mention this, and especially Independence Hall, uh, which, which they really should have brought this out, but see, they didn't because of the narrative that they're trying to pull over you right here. Uh, but the fact is that the majority of the Founding Fathers abhorred slavery. They hated it. They thought it was repulsive, evil, disgusting, just anything that you can think of to describe like kale or cauliflower uh, crust on pizza. Those are the words that they would use to describe American slavery. And this is why if you turn to Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution that you really, that you happen to have right there in your hand. Yep, I, I can see. I know you have the Constitution right there. If you turn to Article 1, Section 9, there is a clause that implies that Congress can outlaw slavery after 20 years from the Constitution being ratified, or this would be in the year 1808. Now, you have to ask yourself, why would this clause be in there allowing for the abolition of slavery if all of the founders were a bunch of evil racists? Go in the Constitution for yourself and look at it. 
and see this really goes against the narrative. It cuts right through it. It cuts right through it like a hot knife through butter. The founders were not innately racist. They wanted to end slavery. They wanted to move beyond slavery. They wanted to, to separate themselves from slavery. And the reason that slavery was even allowed in the first place was because the southern states wouldn't join without slavery. And so the reason they added this 20-year this rule was they thought within 20 years, the South would be able to distance itself from slavery, and they would be able to move beyond that. Now we know, of course, it took a, a bit longer than 20 years. But the uh, they didn't stop. The Ameri the founders did not stop with this inclusion in the Constitution. They, they after the Constitution was ratified in uh, 1789, they banned slavery in Northwest territories that included like Illinois and, and states like that, where they were admitting to the Union. They they banned slavery in those states. In 1794, they banned the exportation of slaves, so you couldn't sell slaves overseas from America. This is a step in the right direction. In 1807, they banned the importation of new slaves. Now, this is one year before that critical deadline there of 1808. President Jefferson immediately signed this into law as soon as it reached his desk. Now, a lot of liberals liked to harp on Jefferson about how much of a racist he was, or how much of a bigot, or how much of a blah blah blah, all these different words that they like to throw out. I don't even know if they really know the definition of these words, and I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing them. It's just happens all the time. This is These are the only words, basically, in their vocabulary to insult people. It's kind of funny a little bit. But Thomas Jefferson immediately signed this into law. Now, I want to ask you, if Jefferson was this evil, racist, white supremacist who loved slavery and hated freedom for African Americans, why would he sign this into law, banning new slaves? See, this also goes against their narrative, it goes against the spin that they're trying to throw in your face, saying, oh, no, no, don't look over here, don't look over here. They try to cover this up, and they, they don't tell you this in the history books, or I guess it depends on what history book you read, and, or at the East National Historic Sites. So Jefferson wasn't this horrible racist. And remember, like, uh, founding fathers like George Washington, he freed his slaves after his death in his will. Now, could more have been done at the time? I don't know. I wasn't there. You weren't there, I hope. Unless you're Joe Biden, he, he sounds pretty old. He, he might have been there. Um, but could more have been done? I don't know. We don't know the political climate of the time, but they made strides towards the eventual abolition of slavery in the 1860s. So I think instead of viewing the founding as something that was founded on slavery, we need to view it as a gradual process towards redemption and towards freedom for African Americans. One thing that I noticed all throughout uh, all of the all the places that I visited was that it was always talked about slavery was always talked about from an attitude of moral superiority. They would say, "Oh, I would have outlawed slavery right off the bat, or I would have done this for slavery, or I would have done that against slavery." And if what people said was true, then in the eighteen hundreds we would have had several million abolitionists and that wasn't the case see now in hindsight it's easy to say oh yeah slavery was wrong but in order to be an abolitionist in those days you had to be bold 
You had to be courageous. You had to be outspoken. You had to be a nonconformist. And you had to be okay with a whole bunch of opinionated people heartily disagreeing with you. And I don't see that with a lot of the, the kind of the millennials that are running around screaming their heads off about how bad slavery was. I don't see them having these character traits. And I don't see them as people who would have been abolitionists in that day. Granted, there are a lot of people who disliked slavery back in the day, but they did nothing about it. They did nothing with their convictions. And just a bunch of mainly millennials. I, I like to harp on millennials because it's, it's really fun. And also the word millennial is really fun to say too. Um, but they, they always say, oh my goodness, slavery was horrible, which it was. And they're like, but we're so glad that our society has evolved. We're so glad we're beyond that. But I want to tell you, I want to speak to you if that's your thought process. Our society is no better. You say, whoa, 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 Josh, what are you saying there? How is our society not better? We have Disney World and Google. How can our society not be better? Well, let me tell you, they had slavery. But we have abortion. And you're like, hold on, Josh, you're seriously going to pull the abortion card on us? They're two completely different issues. And I'm going to say, no, that's not true. They both stem from devaluing individuals and devaluing life. We use the declaration in reference to slavery that all are created equal. But I can use that in reference to abortion, too. All cre are created equal. They're not born equal. That's not what it says. It, not at birth is equality established. But we're all created equal. And when, it, when, it, when are we created? But at conception, created in the image of God. So I say this to all the millennials that are running around out there. I say, you couldn't have been an abolitionist if you say, yeah, abort all you want today. You can't have been an abolitionist if you're okay with abortion. Remember, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these the rights to life. Remember, life. Abortion, is that keeping life? No, it's not. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This next part is about the saddest thing that I could ever say. Abortion is the leading cause of death. It's not cancer. It's not heart disease. It's abortion. There are 17,000 plus babies murdered weekly. And abortions are allowed to birth in some states and i i kind of it it bothers me the term abortion because it kind of um, denies the humanity a little bit of, of these babies it should be called infanticide or uh baby murder which is what it is but abortion kind of is like oh it's it's like the pro-choice they use these these wording to kind of um put a little sugar on top so you, you don't hate it quite as much but this is that's what it is and Remember, I said there were people who, back in the 1800s, who disliked slavery. They thought it was wrong, but they didn't say anything about it. Are we those people? Are we the people who, who look at abortion and say, yeah, that's awful, 17,000 babies, that's tragic, but then we leave it there and go on with our daily lives? Are we going to be those people? Are we going to be the people remembered by history who just sat idly by instead of making a stand? So I want to remind you, 
when when you think, oh, the culture back then was bad. Every single society has something where truth is suppressed, where right and wrong are in question, and where morality is looked down upon. But I implore you, we cannot sit idly by in this debate. We can't say, oh, well, like for me, I can't say, oh, I'm a guy, so abortion doesn't affect me. Abortion affects all of us. It's like the people back in the 1800s. Oh, slavery doesn't affect me. Martin Luther King Jr. said it well. He said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that should really be our call to arms right there. Where if there's an abort, if there are abortions going on anywhere, it should, number one, sadden us immensely. But number two, make us rise up and say, no, I'm not going to stand for that. We're not going to stand for that as a society. That is not socially acceptable. We're not going to stand for that as Americans. As Americans, that's not what we do. We don't murder babies. So all that to say, stand up for what's right. Don't be silent. Alrighty ho, Mr. Ronnie, I'd like to turn now to um, to our audience questions, if you don't mind. So let me uh, just start pulling these up real quick. Alright, we have a question here from Jessica. Jessica asks, and this was last week, before, um, before my DC trip, she asks, what monuments and stuff will you be visiting? Well, I, uh, I visited, uh, I visited a lot of awesome places. Remember I said Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, um, the Martin Luther King Jr. monument was kind of neat looking. FDR, surprisingly, uh, was a neat monument. Uh, but my favorite, one of my favorites, was the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. And again, I uh, I reiterate, Thomas Jefferson gets a lot of hate. Um, but I think it was, it was really cool because they had quotes by him on the walls. And he was just a genius man. Um, just w- very well spoken and um, someone who was able to articulate uh, very well. Um, and I, I wish I kind of had his, his gift for words there. Um, but it was really neat to be able to see the words that he actually said and not to he- hear kind of somebody's interpretation of his policy positions, but actually read the words for him, uh, for myself about religious freedom and about freedom in general. And and that was, that was just uh, really neat to see. Um, thank you for the question, Jessica. Uh, we have, um, this isn't necessarily a question, but we have, um, a comment from Xander. Xander says, um, this is in response to, uh, one of the pictures of the Lincoln Memorial that I posted on Instagram. Xander says, he was a lot taller than I thought. And I, I responded to Xander. I said, yeah, actual size. So the Lincoln Memorial, surprisingly enough, um, is, is actual, uh, actual size. Yep. It's completely to scale. Uh, Lincoln was a giant, so it's a little known fact, but it's, it's actually true. And that's why the Confederacy actually surrendered was because Lincoln uh, threatened to come and squash them all. So thank you, Jessica and Xander, for the questions. Well, make sure you send in a lot more questions to freedomexpresspodcast at gmail.com. That's the email. You can do it on Instagram at freedomexpresspodcast. Make sure you tune in next week for more unfathomable knowledge. Um, And yes, I'm going to learn to say that word by next week. So yes, make sure you send in those questions, tell your friends, and always remember to listen to the next 
episode of the Freedom Express.